Welcome to Because We Make, the podcast about making, creativity, and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and I'm almost flying solo this week. I mean, not really flying solo, because I don't fly solo. It's just, it's not what we do here. Um, we tried to record last night, and we had a little bit of um, a technical problem getting the recording done. And it seems like whenever that happens and we have to record on a Tuesday, poor Ethan always has something going on. So... It's just me and my guest. So we've upgraded the guest oh. to co-host this week, which is kind of funny because, well, <laughs> why not? <laughs> so our our guest this week, who is also my co-host, is the wonderful, talented, and amazing Ashley Minnie. Hi, Ashley. Hi. I'm so flattered. That was that was the best intro ever. <laughs> I, nobody's ever presented oh. me so highly. It's it's a well. I feel like I feel like they should be presenting you higher because you are. I, I there's a ter, there's a term that gets used a lot, um, particularly when describing women makers, and the term is badass. <laughs> and it's like I'm so sick of that term because it's like badass could mean anyone from someone who got up in the morning and made cereal to someone who like slayed seven terrorists and recaptured an outpost in <laughs> Afghanistan. You know, it's like there's a there's such a wide range, but I feel like you're like a legit badass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad this is a video. I am blushing hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Like okay, so um I can, I can, I'm trying to figure out where I want to get started, but why don't you give us a little introduction to who you are and what you do? And because your story is, it's just awesome. And, you know, I've, there was an aspect to it that I kind of forgot. And I kind of went back over your YouTube channel yesterday before we, um, before we were set to record. And I was like, oh, right. I completely forgot about that. So let's start from the uh, beginning. How did you, how did you come to find yourself as a maker? Like, what was your, upbringing like and that kind of stuff and was it always something you were doing or is it something you discovered recently so it was i would say it was definitely something that i had a propensity for when i was a kid but like at when you're when you're a female a lot of times as a young as a young girl nobody ever thinks to put the tools in their kid's hand and or in mm -hmm. their daughter's hand i should say like they, they'll they'll take a son out and show him the car but you know, and, and things are obviously evolving and changing, which is great. But, you know, when I was growing up in the area that I was growing up, that wasn't exactly typical. But then, you know, I would see my dad working on something and I'd go climb up in there and get my hands dirty, too. And literally just there to get my hands dirty, I'd touch the grease and then leave. Um, but uh, <laughs> it was it. I, but I started to like my dad would show me some things and I was always a wildly curious child. So I would to my own detriment. Um, and I would get these ideas of things that I wanted to make. I was always making something, but just mm -hmm. as to whatever I could get access to. And, um, the very first thing that I actually ever really made that was out of like, as it was, as a construction kind of thing was, um, I think I was maybe 11 or 12 and home alone or just got not dropped off by the bus. And, um, there was a circular saw on the porch and incredibly dangerous, but having no idea how to use it, I just knew if you push the button, that blade would go and it would probably cut something. And I, I wanted to make my dog a dog bed. I had this, this 
image in my mind of this frame with like a hammock, like a uh, cordage going to make a creative, uh, create a little hammock so that he could lay in it and hang out. And so I used what I had on hand, which was the spindles that was uh, supposed to be for the porch railing, but I borrowed a few, <laughs> cut them up and not <laughs> cut my hands off, luckily, and found some nails, slammed it together. It was the shoddiest thing I've ever built to date, but it was my first uh, foray into it. But then I just sort of fell away. You know, you, you go through your teenage years and you're trying to be like everybody else. And the rest of the girls that I knew were not they were not doing that. They weren't interested in that. And I took shop class and loved it, but then they canceled shop class. So my exposure never went any further. But then uh, as I, I was maybe, I think it was probably about four years ago, I was scrolling through Facebook and saw a video of Chop with Chris when he made his wife that dining room table. And I just it it was became it became a rabbit hole and then suddenly and that's how I came to just about everything that I do is I would see it find it interesting get an idea and go I bet I could do that and so I'd try it'd be horrible the first time and I'd keep trying but then when it really everything really exploded was when I went to my first maker event which was spring make of last year and I went to that event. I knew no one. See, now with the with the now where I'm at now, it totally makes sense why everybody knew everybody already. And I was so confused. I was like, how do these people know each other? Like, I just saw an event and signed up, had no idea it was a whole community. And so it was incredibly intimidating at first. Um, because nobody knows you. So not, you know, everybody's already really engaged in conversations with these people that we've all been establishing relationships on Instagram and I, I hadn't yet, but by the end of the weekend, I had a, a ton of new amazing friends and it just kept going from there. And so that is how I, that is how I fell into the, to, to making. And from there, once you meet somebody, they show you a skill or a craft. And so you think, well, I really like that. And then it's just, it just continuously feeds off of it. This community is one of the most amazing in the way of nobody wants to hold in all their secrets. They want to share. And the people that, the people that don't really share the people that aren't open, you know, to yeah. the idea of, Hey, I have knowledge. I want to give it to you. They just don't hang. They don't last very long. Oh no. They're there and gone. Yeah. It's, it's, I feel like it's almost like a self-selecting community where it's like, yeah, if you, you're willing to teach then great. Everyone's going to, everyone's going to gather around you because they want to learn what you know, and then they want to teach what they know. Absolutely. But if you don't have anything to teach, or if you're trying to keep it like a trade secret, then yeah, no one, no one's really going to pay any attention to you and you're not going to survive very long. Absolutely. I, I could not agree more. That's, I've never really thought about it like that, but you are absolutely right. Cause you do see somebody every now and again that comes up and they're, they're a little more reserved and this, this community embraces openness and sharing. Because it's it's even when you have the same skill as somebody else, there's always something to be taught. And, you know, I, I'm, you know, one of the things that I, I make the most as far as, you know, my woodworking is cutting boards, right? right? There's always something new to be done. I mean, it's yeah, they're not the most exciting thing in the world. But, you know, if you do something a little different, all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's an idea. And the idea that you're going to keep that to yourself is like, eh, okay. I mean, you could, you could totally keep that to yourself, but 
all right, no one's going to talk to you because <laughs> you're not that interesting if you're going to keep everything to yourself. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you, you strike me and, you know, it was interesting just when you said that, you know, the, that boys were given the tools and girls generally weren't, you know, I was, it was interesting because growing up, my dad was a carpenter and my sister played with the same tools that I played with. So it was it was interesting to hear that from you because you're I I'm, I'm assuming you're a little bit younger than me I I, I don't like to ask women their age because it's you know, it's kind of a chivalrous <laughs> thing but how old are you I am 29 I'll be 30 in January <laughs> Okay so you are you are you are a bit you're about 15 years younger than me then um, my sister then my sister and I were kind of raised out of the norm then because my sister who's four years younger than me. She was definitely, my father never once treated us as far as like the tools, like, no, you know, hey, if she wants to play with tools, here's tools, you know, it's whatever. I, I guess, you know, I always thought my dad was kind of conservative that way, but I guess he was kind of ahead of his time. <laughs> right. And I will say one thing is I will give my dad uh, full credit. Once he Once he realized that I was interested in it, he took full advantage of that. So half the things that I mm -hmm. have, have learned have 100% been from him and uh, and and he got really excited once I started to to like take an interest in the things he was interested in especially as an adult it really got better um the chainsaw carving he was very excited about because he he did uh cut timber for a while in his youth and so he was so excited to tell me you know what woods are best for that how to keep my chainsaw up what to do when and so he fully leaned into it once um once he realized that i was interested but it was never it was it wasn't immediately presented as an option and i think it i think a lot of it might be regional oh i mean that's that uh, it, there's weird there's all kinds of weird little nooks and crannies with the way people are raised you know it's right you know, we we're raised we were raised obviously in new york and it's it would be it would be almost weird for my sister to have been excluded from any of it you know she didn't grow up to be like this you know go getter you know maker type person i mean i didn't even grow up that way which is weird because <laughs> my dad was a carpenter but you know i see it you know when you when i hear you talk about it as something that your dad was your dad ended up leaning into it was the same with my sister you know if she wanted to learn how to do something. My dad never said, that's not really for girls. I don't think, I don't think I ever heard my dad or my mom ever tell my sister that there was not something for girls. And it, it's kind of funny that there, I know that that happens, you right. know, but I, it's, it's something that I've just never seen. I guess I just take it for granted that if people are saying it, it's like, oh, it's your perception. You know, maybe I just need to understand that, Hey, sometimes it does happen. Like I like that you, your dad leaned into it. You know, your, your dad goes from thinking, oh, I have a princess to, oh, no, I got a chick that wants to carve with a chainsaw. That's All right. right. <laughs> I have definitely been his little buddy my whole life. And that's kind of cool. Like, do you find that, you know, I find that a lot of girls have weird relationships with their dad where their dad maybe, especially, don't take this the wrong way because I'm not, oh, I don't not mean it in an insulting way if it comes up, but especially if a girl's more of a tomboyish kind of girl, mm -hmm. you know, at first dad's like, oh, I wanted a princess. And now it's like, oh, okay, I can, this can work. We can make this work. And, but then what ends up happening is dad and daughter get a much stronger bond because they relate on a different level where it's not, I don't need to 
so much see you as this delicate flower that needs to be protected. It's more of a relationship where, oh, we can have this really cool, like a buddy thing. I love that you had a buddy thing with your dad. Absolutely. You you are 100% correct. And uh, that it, it was and it was great. It, it definitely brought me I do have a very different relationship with my dad than I think a lot of people do with their fathers just because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he always he always likes to say I'm better than any son he never had. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I, my, my, I have my sister. We were the only two kids. And so he never had a son. But uh, yeah. And so I take it as high praise from him. It's 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 kind of cool. And, you know, when I hear like you didn't it's it's I'm just coming at this as a point of view. And I have a friend who pointed out um, with me a couple of weeks ago. She goes, you know what I've noticed? What's that? She goes, you don't have any male friends, really. And it's it's really funny to like s- kind of step outside the typical role that's expected for you. And right. I feel like I don't relate particularly well to guys. I just never have in my life. It's just I don't know what it is. It's just something that. So hearing you like say that you were a little different from your female friends, I was like, yeah, I think this is why you and I get along because we're so we're like, yeah, no, I'm not really the typical guy, and oh, you're not really the typical girl. I was like, cool, then we're. We're together in our atypicality. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because at some point that's and that's really all adulthood is, uh, you know, adult friendships uh, are just are just who who do you have very similar views and very similar interests in and like just the people that, that understand the things that you understand, uh, you know, just that kind of that bond, the thing that draws you to somebody. Mm-hmm. You all and also as an adult. You it, you don't have forced socialization as much as an adult, so your friends tend to be people you would naturally gravitate toward rather than the people who you were put in a room with most of the day where you sit in a row with and it's like, oh, I went to school with this person. And it's like, oh, the boys hang out over there and the girls hang out over there. Whereas an adult, it's like, these are the people I choose to hang out with and I like it that way. <laughs> exactly. And that's, that's actually, that's brilliant. I hadn't actually ever considered that before, but you know, it's very typical for people to, to lose their high school friendships. And it was because it was, they were friendships out of proximity and convenience. But when you're an adult, you don't have that much free time. So that free time then becomes incredibly valuable. And the people that earn that the most in your eyes are the ones that get that time. So I, I, that's, You've made a revelation, sir. <laughs> Woohoo! All right, it's the first one of the night. I it's, love it. <laughs> this is getting. We're, we're like fifteen minutes in, and already, ah, oh, this is impressive. You're an impressive co-host. It's, it's, oh, you know, it's it's we're we're a team. This is a team effort That's that we're right. pulling off here. <laughs> exactly. On on, and what's crazy is it's a team effort that we're pulling off on basically twenty four hours notice, which is even more impressive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> One of the things I love about you, and I've, I think we've, we've had a lot of, we've had some incredibly deep conversations. Oh yes. Over the last, I don't know, we've known each other probably, I would say six to eight months. You say that's probably about right. Yeah, I think that's about right. And it's kind of crazy the some of the conversations that we've had. I'm, I'm looking now, by the way, <laughs> I'm looking now at your YouTube channel just to get an idea because I remember the first video of yours that I watched, and it's embarrassing that it took me this long. But the first video of yours that I watched was when you did the the popsicle stick and hot glue workshop. <laughs> yes. Which is, I knew I was, okay. I like to use the phrase tangentially aware and tangentially aware is probably the best phrase in the world to describe 
90% of the people that I've gotten to know over the last couple of years. I was tangentially aware of what was going on because I was following you on Instagram for a lot longer than I was following you on YouTube. Right. And your workshop video, I just loved it. It was just such a fun and I don't want to say goofy because goofy has a bad connotation, but it was such a fun and like over the top goofy project. And that kind of turned me on to your YouTube stuff. And now it's like, I can't believe there was a time where I wasn't watching your stuff. Uh, but your Instagram account is where I actually got to know you because I got to me- I met you through like Kathy and Lindsay and all these people. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, Ash, I'm, I'm, I like her. She's cool. <laughs> and I started watching your stuff on Instagram. Your story, though, really took an interesting turn. So 11 months ago, you decided you were getting the hell out of your day job. Yes. And that is, you know, I've been using the phrase on Instagram a lot lately, um, a butt clench moment where you just go, <laughs> oh, God, it's it's all going to it's all going to go to hell very quickly. Um, but I watched your video. I watched your video yesterday just because I wanted to kind of refresh my memory, like the story. What was your day job? And why don't you tell the story of what made you decide that being a full-time maker and kind of a, I want to say, a, I don't want to say like a maker exposer, but you wanted to tell stories and learn things from people. And I love that. But let's start with your day job and what got you to the point where you were like, I don't want to do this anymore. Making is where it's at for me. So I would say it had been a buildup through my mm-hmm. whole, uh, you know, big girl jobs. Anytime, got, <laughs> that's, that's what I call them, my big girl jobs, you know, because they were good jobs. I had insurance. They were great jobs. And I should have been happy. But I would, like, I would reward myself for like I would do you know a bunch of work and I'd have like a reward for myself like oh if I get all this done I'll give myself 15 minutes to sit here and daydream and draw a plan for something an idea or think of something and that that reward for me was always something creative in any way like because as you know from my from my social media there's a I, I don't have a niche I have a very wide variety of things but they're always a creative pursuit and so that kind of sits in your head for a while and you start thinking, okay, that's obviously the thing that makes me happy. If it, if it's my Mm -hmm. reward system, then why am I not doing this all the time? And I love that. I I don't mean to interrupt, but I, I, I love that you refer to it as your reward system that, you know, when you are, when you're done (laughs) with the drudgery, it's like, oh, I get to, now I get to go to my shop and do some cool stuff, like stuff I actually love to do. That That's, I mean, I'm sure that people listening to this, you know, for a lot of people that listen to this podcast, making isn't their full-time thing, but man, to just put it into that kind of term that your, your reward for putting up with the nonsense and the, the, the drudgery of the daily job, you know, and, and, and people associate that with a, dr- a job, like a low paying job that doesn't, but you didn't even have that. And it still wasn't what you wanted. That wasn't where you wanted to be. It's, it's amazing to me. It, it definitely was. And, it, and it's hard to reconcile that. It becomes even harder when the job is a good job and the better that job is. And the more that you work yourself up a ladder, the more and more it becomes incredibly difficult because the the job that I had left was uh, it was a state job 
Um, mm -hmm. I had been there. I had I, because I had worked in a public uh, position before. I had like, nine years in, so I quit my job. It would have been uh, I would have been twenty eight, and I had nine years of pension in already, and you know everybody and that was and that was the thing that everybody was like oh you're, you've got such a great job like congratulations you work so hard but that congratulations never felt nearly as rewarding or touching as somebody saying like for instance somebody saying i really liked your workshop video like that <laughs> that rings that that Does warms my heart isn't that crazy yes it is it's, and that's isn't that crazy it's so important to pay attention to those things as you're as you're trying as, as you're trying to figure out how to get through a life and the maximum happiest state possible and so it and it takes a lot of self-reflection and honestly that reflection didn't that was that was the catalyst for that was another maker event and it was maker camp and mm -hmm. It was a, you know, a, another one of those multi, multi-day weekend kind of things where you're just, you're surrounded by everybody who just feeds into your energy. They're sharing their tricks with you. They want to teach you. They, you want, everybody connects so well. And it just, as I, as I left, I, it became glaringly obvious that I, that that was what I was, should be doing. And so when I got back, I had a conversation with Zach. I said to him that, I was, I wanted to do it, but I was scared to leave my job. And he just told me very flat out. He's like, just jump in the pool. You'll swim. Don't worry. You'll figure out how to swim. And I, I it just, that, that advice was that resonated. And so, you know, and I, and I talked to my friend, Marielle and Laura, and they were just, they, that was their advice is just go for it. Don't, don't look back because you know, a lot of people say, like, you know, not everybody can be successful doing that kind of stuff. And I and I think that it's not that everybody can't be successful. I think not everybody's courageous enough to try. And I believe me, I am in, by no means uh, a courageous person. I but I I couldn't. It was more out of fear of not doing it. It was it was I I just I thought about what what if I skip and I don't do this. Like there's I, a, there's a phrase, there's a phrase that motivational speakers tend to use when they're trying to talk people into, you know, exploring something that they're kind of putting off out of fear. And it's like when the, when the fear of what'll happen if you don't do something finally outpaces the fear of what'll happen if you do, then you, you realize what you actually need to do. And I think it's, I think it's amazing that you were self-aware enough to recognize that, Hey, you know, the, the compliment I get for this piece of work is a bigger reward to me than a decent salary and all the, all the perks that come along with the, you know, the, the perfect job, you know, the, the, the job that people try to get the, the state job, the, the job security and the insurance and the pension. And you're like, yeah, but you know, this guy said something really nice about my YouTube video. And that means so much to me, Absolutely. you know, like I made a really cool project and it reached someone in a way that, you know, pushing this piece of paper the correct way just didn't really do. And I, that level of self-awareness, that's when you start to change when, you're, when your future becomes a little less planned. And I, I, I admire the hell out of anyone. I mean, for me, it's, it's a side hustle, but I can already feel like I don't want it to be a side hustle forever. Like I want it to be something that I want it to be the hustle. I want to devote time to it. I want it to be the thing. And 
I'm always impressed by people who are able to just say, you know what, I'm getting nothing out of this anymore. And this is the direction I need to go. And it's, you know, again, a butt clench moment, but a good butt, butt clench moment. <laughs> it is, it is. And it's, and it's, that's it. I mean, it's what it comes down to. At the end of the day, you, at some point you just say to yourself, you know, I, how can I, like, I'll be able to sleep with myself at night knowing I tried and failed because any failure is fixable at no point. Can you not build it back up? If I built it before I can build it again. So, but did, this chance, did you have, Oh, go ahead. So, so did you have a moment? Did you have a moment like when you first quit your job where you were just like, Oh Jesus Christ, what did I just do? Like, did, did it just, cause I feel like that's almost the natural cycle, right? You do it and you're like all hopped up and day like 15 comes along and you're like, Oh crap. I, this was a really dumb idea. Now what? <laughs> like, did you have that moment? I, I had a little bit of that moment the first day that I would have otherwise been back, but then I refused to let myself ever have that moment again, because I knew mm -hmm. if I had that moment and I was looking back, then that meant that I wasn't looking forward. And if I wasn't looking forward, then I wasn't moving forward. So I wow. just kept running. I like that. <laughs> I, I really like that, by the way. Thank <laughs> you. you were looking. I, I, that's, that's a hell of a way to look at it. You're, you're impressing the hell out of me. By the way, you, I think you said when we first had the conversation about you coming on, it was like, yeah, you don't do a lot of podcasts or you, you've only done a couple. And it's like, oh, no, you, she's like a pro. This is easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. We, um, so... 11 months ago, 11 months ago, you, you quit your job and everything's going along great. And, um, a little bit of upheaval. <laughs> Just a little I, bit. I, I relate and you know, I don't want, I, I always, I don't want to make it. I can't make it about me, but I just want, I, I, re, I understand, you know, what, what you went through. Why don't you talk a little bit about what happened and, um, the the consequences of it's just like um almost like a brick wall like i hate I, it's a terrible analogy but it kind of is like everything just stops dead yes. for you and why don't you tell people what actually ended up happening yes so on top of everybody's you know general terrible 2020 you've got the covid and all that because it was on uh, june the 5th i was on a motorcycle ride going to get a burrito and uh, I had a malfunction on my bike that caused my front brakes to seize up. And yeah, and unfortunately... It's everyone's nightmare, by the way. <laughs> it, well, and what was even worse, the thing that I had the hardest time wrapping my head around was that I didn't do anything wrong because that's... Well, I, I like the, the, malfun the malfunction on the bike was the issue, but I was... I kept thinking like, I didn't pull out in front of somebody. It wasn't even like somebody else did something wrong. I, like what happened? How did this, how can such a weird freak accident happen? And, and that was it. So when I wrecked, um, because I was going close and I was that person that's like, Oh, it's only a couple blocks away. I wasn't wearing my helmet and that was my biggest mistake. Um, Ooh. yeah, that was, a, that was a foolish, foolish. Mm. I will, I'll, I'll, I'll be the martyr here and say, that I did that for a PSA here. There's a public service announcement and it is wear your helmet. Um, Definitely. <laughs> so I, and then I also, 
um, so I, I hit my face first and I had a, some head trauma and I broke my tibia, tore my ACL and sprained a bunch of other things in my, uh, leg. And since, since they, since I had a head injury and no helmet, um, they took me on med flight to make sure that I wasn't, that I didn't have like, in, like head bleeding on the inside. Um, and yeah, so I went from being completely independent and mobile to 100% caught off guard. No idea what was going to happen, how long healing was going to take, if I was okay, like nothing. I had no clue. And then that's what started the, and the, the few, the, the, just the recovery, just getting back, getting my mobility back again. One of the things that, one of the things that I related to you with the most was, you know, you having to rethink what goes on in your shop. And the reason I related is because I went through chemo and when I went through chemo, I had incredibly low i it for some reason and doctors have still have no idea why it hit me the way it did i had to see specialists and everything but i had really low white blood cells and almost non-existent platelets and my doctors were like you really can't go into the shop as you are because if you cut yourself you'll bleed out and if you get any kind of infection it could kill you and that moment, like it just, I can feel as I'm saying it, like I got goosebumps, my chest just got really tight. And I know that you went through something similar because you were, you had to rethink everything you did in the shop too. Yes, absolutely. Because that was the other thing is that uh, as a result of the accident, I ended up um, getting a pulmonary embolism. And so mm -hmm. I got put on blood thinner. So then oh, I was already looking at a difficult time getting returning to the shop physically, but I had been planning all these different like things that I would invent to make myself bring bringing all my work surfaces lower to where I could wheel mm -hmm. my wheelchair up to it. And, um, but then after that, then I was okay. Now if I play with sharp objects and I cut myself, which anybody that works the shop knows that it's just normal to nick yourself at least on a mild level at, at some point but for mm -hmm. me that 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 just that casual cut is then going to be a really big deal because i'm just going to bleed everywhere so yeah it yeah. it did it did change a lot of it just changed the trajectory for everything and yet in spite of in spite of you know the potential issues you still found a way to keep creating in some fashion. You just changed what you were creating and what you were working with and how you were working in your shop. Absolutely. And I think that was, I think that was what Zach was talking about. I mean, that was kind of the, the one thing that everybody had said like, Oh, well, that's great. You've got all, you know, you've, you've, you've saved your money to do this and that's awesome. But what happens if something happens? And it's always everybody's fear. I think when to, to, to be self-employed and do your own thing. But, you know, I think how you take on the problems is if, as long as you never accept that, just don't accept that you can't figure out that's, right. that's the fun part. That's what we do as makers. We're problem solvers. So situations like that should be no different. It just, 
but it sometimes takes a minute to get there and and come up with the right idea but as long as you want it and you're trying and you're and you're swimming then you'll you'll swim i remember i remember as it was as i was heading toward the first round of chemo which was december of 2018 i remember i remember the month before and i'm down in my shop and i'm like this is all going to end like that's all i kept thinking and it's so funny that's a recurring theme right when you're when you're even though it was only a side hustle for me it was your primary source of income that feeling that at any moment this could be taken away from me and it kind of made me go all right what could be taken away and i think this is what you were just saying is so accurate we are problem solvers right and the problem for me was well, okay, I have a DeWalt 735 planer. The damn thing weighs 150 pounds. If I'm on chemo, there's probably not going to be a whole lot of strength that I'm going to have left. So what do I do? So I started making carts and every tool that I just shuttled around the shop got moved onto a cart so that I could move it easily. And I was so proud of myself. I was like, wow, you know, the old me would have just looked at this and gone, oh, well, I can't go in my shop until I'm better. The new me is like, I don't know when I'm going to get better, so I need to figure out how I can be in the shop now. And I just got really, really careful as far as how I interacted with tools. And I got really, really smart about how my shop was arranged so that I could move stuff a lot easier than trying. I didn't have to lift anything. Like I could go into my shop and work for days and never lift a thing. And I think that's what got me through. And I think that you could probably relate to that because in a time when your shop was a danger zone for you. You still found a way to do something creative in it, which is pretty amazing. I I, I appreciate that. It's it's definitely one of those things, and I and I and it's the, it, obviously it's the same with you and anybody that that has something that comes up. It's mm -hmm. I think it's kind of like a, a river, like you know, an obstruction will fall in a river, but it doesn't stop the river. It just changes the course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think people they get comfortable. Yes. <laughs> you get comfortable. And you think that you really do think that everything, you know, like you were probably just, you know, and it's nothing it's not a knock on you in any way, but you were probably just thinking, ah, everything's fine, you know. I've sur I've survived this long on my own. Maybe I did do something and then it's like, nope, here's the brick wall. Absolutely. <laughs> like, here, here it is. This is the thing you said. I hope this doesn't happen. Here it is. <laughs> yep. And and see, honestly, how do you? Oh, go ahead. So sorry. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I I just I think that I I can honestly say though now in hindsight, I wouldn't have changed the if I could have go back and change it. I wouldn't because I mm -hmm. I learned what I was capable of. I I needed to learn that lesson, and it's made me a better a better person of like an, an independent pursuit an independent creative pursuit and it, it taught me something about myself that made me feel even better about moving forward and even less likely to look back over my shoulder and say what have I done were there were there any moments were there any moments as you were starting to like you know get your mobility back and get your strength back were there any moments where you just said holy crap I am getting better this is amazing. Like you, I know, cause I know you at first you feel like, cause I had surgery and I felt like I am never going to get better. And it was basically two months of me on the couch and about 
six weeks in, five weeks in, I made it down the stairs into my shop. And I went downstairs and just, I, I think I spent maybe a half hour down there, but I was like, you know, just drilling some stuff with the drill press, just finishing a project I started before surgery. And I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm getting better. Like, was there a moment where it was like, oh, this, is, this isn't forever. This is going to turn around. I am going to start getting better soon. Uh, yeah, there, there were a few moments like that because, you know, you, you get to these different plateaus. You're like, okay, well, I can at least do this. And then you think, well, mm-hmm. but I'm still, I still can't do these things. And then it keeps getting better. But uh, I, I definitely, I, I, I do recall that was one of our first like good deep conversations when I was when mm-hmm. I was in that situation where I was stuck on the couch and couldn't move. And I would say the day that I was able to um, get myself off the couch by myself, get myself in my wheelchair, and get myself out the door and into my shop by myself, just in the shop, just to be able to get in there alone and not need somebody else to take me there. That was, that was when I knew, okay, uh, I'm going to be okay. It's going to be better. And, and then it just, it, one day it just is. (laughs) It's, it's it's funny how you, you get, you almost get detached from it. Like you start to forget like, oh yeah, there was like this few weeks or a few months or whatever it ends up being where it's like, oh yeah, everything was different, but it's like, oh yeah, that was in hindsight, that period that doesn't feel like it's ever going to end is just a blip. It really is. No matter how long it is, it's just a blip because it's over. Absolutely. And the, the, the odd thing in my situation is that I am still, I I'm now in the position where I have, I will, I know that I'll have to go back to that because I still need to have my ACL repaired because Mm-hmm. Um, I, they wouldn't do the surgery while I was on blood thinners and I got stuck on those for quite some time, like six months. Um, so I will have to have that, that ACL repaired again, but now it's not as, as scary as it was before because number one, I've had some time to make the appropriate accommodations to learn some skills of things that I can do in a less than mobile state. And how to continue mm-hmm. to make money and continue working and support myself. And also knowing that I did it before and I'll do it again. I'll be back on my feet in no time. And I'll, it's, the, I can't keep myself out of the shop. The amount of people that have, Kathy has been my biggest, uh, my biggest <laughs> watchdog. Like, you got to take it easy, mate. You got to take it easy. Like, if, I, if you don't rest, don't, don't make me come over there. <laughs> so, um, um, yeah. I, I, I think, and I... I could, I could do, and I, I've asked her to be on the show and she's, she said yes, but kind of grudgingly. And I don't want to kind of pressure people, but I feel like if there's anyone that you could have like a six hour conversation with, it's Kathy. Absolutely. Absolutely. We talk, well, every, I'd I'd say every couple of weeks or so, every few weeks we'll, we'll, we'll get on the phone and, and, uh, and just have a, a good chat for a while. And, and I mean, it's anything and everything. It's not just making like just in general, like she's the she's she was a huge um, supporter support system for me getting through this mental mentally as like especially because the the toll that it takes on you to have that kind of your world comes crashing down. You've got this creative backup where you've got these ideas, but you can't do anything about it. And just in general, being kind of helpless for a moment and she was a fantastic, uh, like a, a lot of people were, but she definitely stood out and she was there right there with me through the whole thing. 
keeping my keeping my spirits up and giving great advice. It's it's crazy. It's it's crazy to me. Kathy came into my life at exactly the time I needed Kathy to come into my life. And it was I had just really started dealing with depression like hardcore. And out of nowhere comes this really interesting, really unique personality just as she's you know she kind of plays it off like she isn't a huge personality, but she's kind of a huge personality she like really this is. she's she's just, modest and she humble. really is. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and we bonded very quickly and, you know, she was sending out for a while, you know, um, the mental health checks, just doing quick mental health checks on people just to make sure you're okay. And I would get those. And it was like, you know, even if I was in the worst down state, I would get those and be like, okay, I know other people care, but it's, it's just nice. You know, I think people, you almost take it when you're going through depression, you're like, I know there are people out there that care, you know, whatever, but you still want to hear it. And it always seemed like just when I needed to hear it the most, I would get a message from Kathy just saying, Hey man, just checking in, just making sure you're okay. Now for all intents and purposes, Kathy and I, I mean, in the real world, we don't know each other. You know, we're, we're just two people who met on Instagram through people that we know in common and yet here she was checking in on me, making sure I was okay. And it was just, it was so good. Like, I don't think people understand the value of just checking in on somebody. And that's even like this weekend, it kind of pushed me. Like I hadn't heard from a friend of mine in a couple of weeks. And I just called him on the phone. I'm like, hey, man, I haven't heard from you. I just wanted to make sure you were doing all right, you know? And that wasn't something I would normally do. But now it's like I realized the value of it because she did it to me and it changed the way I interact with other people. Absolutely. I, it's, it's just, it is, it's astounding. Sometimes I, I am, I quite literally find myself speechless and the, because I don't know how to articulate that kind of gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's not, it's not just casual thanks. It's like this deep, oh my God, thank you so much. Like it means so much when you are, I got it. When you are at the bottom, anything that brings you up is just, you cling to it for dear life. It's that, it's that life preserver when you're having trouble treading water. And even if it's just a pool noodle, it's just enough to keep you from going under, you know, it's just enough. And that's, all you need at that moment and you get it. And it's like, thank you. Thank you for giving me that. <laughs> Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Oh, that is and and that's I I love I love your 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 banner image on YouTube. Um <laughs> it it's a first of all, the picture is fantastic, by the way. But what you my name is Ashley Minnie. I get ideas and then I make them into things. And I feel like that is you. That's that's you in a sentence. It's wonderful. The yeah, it's uh, see, yeah, that's that's whatever. That's that's all my because somebody would ask me, okay, oh, what do you do? And mm -hmm. I don't ever know how to say what I do because I don't, I don't really set out to do anything. I don't set out to say like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to be a welder. I'm going to be a woodworker. I'm going to do this. I just, I. I am 100% idea motivated. I get very excited. I get an idea and then I just think, okay, well, how am I going to make this happen? Well, I guess I got to learn this thing now. <laughs> I say that like it's a bad thing. I, and love, I love it though. 
that's the best that's the best attitude to have as a maker though to just kind of be open to whatever comes along and like being just being willing to just follow a thing and i know it's it it's a little different when it's your main source of income but i think that the passion of being able to just follow a lead wherever it goes i think that's that'll keep it from becoming you know a chore you know i always worry that i always worry that making is going to become a chore but then you'll find some new little branch that you can run down for a little while just to kind of reset yourself and reestablish why you love doing it and i think that's those are the moments where you're like i was meant to do this absolutely and that's and it's the it, that's the fun of it is the the creative it's that it's that problem solving it's that creative challenge of how can I do something different than how it's been done? I, I 100% mm -hmm. admire people that are masters at making tables or masters at um, welding or metalworking or blacksmithing. I admire them so much. But I also admire the people, the people like Simone or like Laura who just have these ideas and they're like, they're, they're just a little, sometimes they're just, nobody's done it before. And it's, or with that material before. And it's like, why not? That's what it's so fascinating. And I love that. That's, I think where my, where my heart lies is that creative thinking. It's, I, I, I yeah. And the, the, it shows, it shows in the insane variety of things that you've done on your channel. I mean, you have, you you've it's almost like you've never done the same thing twice like you've just done and w by the way we're not talking about a channel that has like 300 videos right. and it's like 295 of them are media consoles it's like you've literally not done the same thing more than once and it's freaking fantastic I, I have always said when i when i make something i i tell somebody this is this is the only one i'm going to make because somebody once told me if you um it was something like if you if you make something once you're an artist if you make something more than once you're just uh like a, a reproduction you're just like you're just a a production person and a, and I that always set my mind but and it, not that that's why because I, I truly I just get bored that's if I wish I had a more uh eloquent uh deep answer but quite frankly I just get bored so I don't like to do the same thing again <laughs> Which is why I don't think I, I, I the same leather the same way. Yeah, and why not, right? Hey, if listen, if your if your ad if your add addled mind produces great work because it's <laughs> bored and it wants to do something else and you want to try something new, roll with it. Absolutely, <laughs> just roll with it. As long as the why ideas are coming, now? I might as well just keep following it. Exactly. It's an, it's an We're going to take a quick answer. break. We'll take a quick break. We're going to hit the sponsors. We'll come back. We'll talk a little more. We'll do our, um, we'll do video of the week. We'll do some things of the week and uh, get on up out of here. So we will be back. If your home is feeling a little bit drab and uninspired, maybe it just needs a touch of art. Creative Ward Gallery is run by friend of the show, Marion Ward, who does Bob Ross inspired landscapes in acrylic and oil, and will even do custom commissions to suit your mood or decor. Check her out at Instagram.com slash Creative Ward Gallery. And if you mention you heard about her on Because We Make, she'll ship your piece for free in the United States. What are you waiting for? Dress up your home today. So one of the things that I, I tend to hear from people who do a lot of different things is that they're not quite sure where things are going to go. They're just kind of rolling with the punches and 
seeing where they end up. And I'm kind of curious if you, where you see your channel and your, your, your Instagram and your YouTube channel, where you see that going, do you see that kind of continuing the way it is just an occasional project video? And then like, I love the, one of the reasons I'm asking is I loved, I absolutely loved the Emily Joyce video. And I almost wished I was, I know you keep your videos relatively short, which is kind of amazing in the, in the era of the 12 minute YouTube video, you never do 12 minute YouTube videos. How, Okay, let me take a step back here. How did you come to get involved with Emily Joyce to do that video? Because that was a terrific video. And when I mentioned that you were going to be on, one of my friends actually said, oh, she did that 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 thing with the enameling. I was like, yeah, 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 her, her. She goes, oh, that was a great video. So tell me, tell me a little bit about how you got to find – I didn't even – I'm – no insult to Emily, obviously, but I didn't even know who she was, but I was enjoying that video so much just watching her work. And how did that video come to be? Okay. So my friend, uh, Marielle Brinkman, she, she told me she had went to Penland, uh, to do some blacksmithing classes and we were talking and she's, she said, you got to meet my friend, Emily, you've got to meet her. You two well, hit it off like gangbusters. She's so amazing. <laughs> She's so talented. She just she had just quit her job to do her craft full time. And I, I I said, I do need to meet her. So we started to follow each other on Instagram. And we had some, you know, the, the like you do, like you reply to stories, you have a conversation here and there. Um, we had a lot of conversations through my accident. She was another person that was really had a lot of like things to help get me through. And then um, I actually met her in person. She had come down to get some copper from the metal store down in Columbus from Cleveland. And we had made a decision that I was going to go to Cleveland and I was going to do a video for her. And I was very excited to do it because I feel like enameling is one of those things that not just, I didn't know a thing about it. And I thought, I bet there's so many other exactly. And (laughs) I then so I and not to mention in general, um, you know, I think when I think when I started following her, she had a like I I knew the minute that I saw her work and her personality, and that's the that's the golden part of her. It's the combination of her personality and her work. She's just outstanding in both. And so because of that, I, I just thought to myself like this and her her work is meaningful. It's just it's going to be it's going to be in galleries like she is going places her. It's the kind of work that when you actually feel something when you look at it, it's not just like a admire the craftsmanship or admire the aesthetics of it there. You look at her work and it makes you feel something on top of the fact that it's aesthetically pleasing and on top of the fact that it's, you know, a a great craftsmanship. It's just, that is that. So I, I was so excited to do that video and then I get there and she was so, cause she's kind of nervous about being on camera, but she just, she leaned in, she to, to just being herself. And I, I knew that, that, and I wanted to get that video in front of as many people as possible because I knew that the world would just fall in love with her and what she does. It's the, they just needed to see her. 
one of the things that was one of the things that was striking about that video and and some when we had um we had Justin maybe on and he you know we talked he he basically one of the things that Ethan and I were so impressed with you know over the course of watching his videos is how he did it do, he does documentary style videos yes and you never see him it's never people don't really play for the camera you know he does confessional videos cuz i think you almost need to do them if you're not going to be on camera but I love how you were just in her shop, letting her work and just kind of hanging around while she did it and just keeping an eye on and documenting her process. Yes. I, and that's I, and I that's I actually I love Justin's work. His work is outstanding and I like it. I mm-hmm. love the approach that he takes. And it's it's different than because my his approach is very much so examining the the person and really finding out who they are, what they're about. And my the approach that I take is a lot more along the lines of just just following them with the camera, watching the work itself become a thing, and then obviously de- letting their letting their personality fall into that a bit, but but really focusing on their craft. Is that is that a style? Okay, so two questions. One is that a style of video you're going to look to do more of. And two, do you have any kind of formal documentary training or film school training, or is that just just something you do? That is that that is just something I do. I have not received any formal training whatsoever. I just I thought it was one of those things where I was like, I bet I could do that, and then just kept getting better and started to find my style. And I think that's the the approach to sort of come to tie this into your original question about where do you see this going. Um, it's like, I think that for my YouTube, I, so many people have just continued to preach this, this formula of like, stick to this one thing, be consistent, be this one thing. And I kind of want to just take a shot at this and go about it the way that I want to, which is sometimes I want my videos to be about other people. And sometimes I want them to be my things. And sometimes I want them to be a little more process. And maybe sometimes I want them to be a little more goofy and fun and just there for pure entertainment. And instead of tying myself down to any kind of specific goal or drive or formula, I want to just continue to follow those ideas and like the things that I get excited about. Because I feel like so long as I'm excited about it and I'm passionate about it. I'll do my best work. And if I'm doing my best work, there'll be something for somebody. Mm-hmm. I I was wondering, because as you were saying that, I'm thinking like, wow, if you're going to start. So if you're a guy or a girl that does certain things, it's much easier for a potential client to find you to do work for them. Absolutely. Do you ever worry that by doing such a wide variety of things, you'll almost be paralyzed by indecision or paralyze a potential client by indecision. Like they won't go, Oh, Ashley could do that for me. Like they're just going to go, well, I need a guy that I need a guy that welds. And you know, I I don't know. I don't know that Ashley's going to do that. Or do you worry that you're going to, you're spreading yourself out into too many areas? Cause I know that that has to be at least a partial concern if, if this is going to be your, your main source of income. So do you ever worry that you might be just branching off too much or maybe niching down might help you, or is that just not a consideration and you're just going to see what happens? I, I have thought about it. It's It had been a concern in the past, but 
I think where I finally mm-hmm. landed and what I've come to since I've been, you know, been doing this on my own for a bit is that I've come to find that I think the thing that would make a person, I just want to do me. I want to be an individual person, to be a good person and do good work at whatever I do. And I think that I'll actually end up coming to mind more because it's not, and not to, not to insinuate that I'm in any way, shape or form a ubiquitous presence, but if I'm conti- if I continue to grow and continue to exist in many different pools, when somebody, I think that somebody will call upon me for exactly what I am good at, which is when they're like, Hey, I don't really know what I need or like whatever they, whatever draws them to my content. So if it's my videos, then that, then I'm the person they're going to think of for, for as a videographer, or if it's mm-hmm. my leather work that they are, you know, that they're a fan of, then they'll say that's that, well, that those people will remember me for the leather. So I think so long as I'm always doing good work, it doesn't matter that I'm doing a wide variety of work. I think it's just the quality of work that's important. At least I'm, you know, that's the approach that I'm going to take. And I know that it's an unconventional approach, but at some point, everything that everybody's done was the first time that it's been done. So I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm shooting, shooting for the moon. Do you ever, do you ever wonder if, um, do you ever feel like you're not spending enough time on one thing and you're jumping to the next thing too quick? Cause I'll just tell you straight up. I have that problem from time to time where I'm like, I'm just bouncing around too much. Like there are times where I'm like, no, you, you have to settle. I know. I agree with you, by the way. Right. I'd rather, I'd rather people just go, Hey, he makes stuff. I want to go to him to get this thing made. I don't even know if he makes this thing, but I want to ask him because I see him making a lot of different stuff. I very much agree with that philosophy, but I always wonder like in the back of my mind, it's like, do I do too much? Like, am I too, like I do jewelry and I do woodwork and I do 3d printing and I do CNC stuff and I do laser stuff. And it's like, maybe I'm doing too many different things. You know, I, I always wonder that's always in the back of my mind. Like, am I doing too many different things to the point where I'm just a, a, a mess of things and nobody knows what the hell I do. Cause I do like, by the way, that you called your, you, your slogan. My name is Ashley Minnie and I get, I get ideas and then I make them into things. The hardest thing to do when you're a kind of a generalist is telling people what you do. So I always wonder if maybe I just jump from thing to thing a little too quickly. Um, I mean, I think honestly, that's, that's one of those things. It's definitely an individual for each individual, like for their own thing to answer. See, I think of it more along the lines of if I were to be coming across your, like come when I come across your Instagram, that was the appeal there for me was that Oh, I'm not going to see the same thing over and over. Actually, it's kind of exciting to see like, well, what what's he what's he going to get into now? And like, and when you go back, what do you do different when you if you go back and do something that you've done before but do it different? And I I like to think of it. It's like that's a, kind of the appeal of an antique store is that you have no idea mm-hmm. what you're going to find, and that's what's exciting about it. Whereas if you go to a shoe store, then you know you're going to find shoes there. But who hasn't gotten excited walking into an antique store and thinking like, look at all these crazy things in here? It's that's the that's the thrill of it. That's, that's a fantastic analogy. It's like a, kind of like a maker treasure hunt. It is. <laughs> it's like it really a scavenger is. hunt rather. That's what I meant. Not treasure hunt, scavenger hunt. Yeah. That's, that's wow. Okay. I feel better. See, that's why we have these conversations. <laughs> right. So it's, it's, 
yeah, I haven't been to my therapist in a while, so I'll just come. I'll just have Ashley on the show. We'll do group therapy. Absolutely. It'll be great. <laughs> we'll, we'll have a whole segment for it. <laughs> what are you feeling worried about? And I'll, I'll, I will assuage your fears. <laughs> one of the things I love, and you're very, you're very active on Instagram. And one of the things I love is just the variety of stuff in your stories, because even like your Instagram feed, you don't post as much to your feed as you do to your stories, but you're very regular on your stories and your stories are always entertaining. You're always trying new things. Um, you did that knife sheath a couple of weeks ago and I was like, you know, you, you weren't happy with it and you just kind of ditched it and started over. And I was like, wow, that takes a pair. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, it's kind of cool because you know, one of the, one of the phrases I use on this podcast a lot is pulling back the kimono. You know, you want to show, all the ugliness along with the beauty, right? Absolutely. And you're very, very, very open on your stories. Like you show a lot. And I'm I'm always impressed by people who are able to just go, yeah, this didn't work and here's why. And I'm looking at it go, no, 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 that's fine, that's fine. And, you know, to have the integrity to look at something and go, I'm not really happy with that. It, I guess that just comes with a little bit of maturity, right? You just have to, you have to look at something and go, even if it's good, just, there's good, but then there's good enough. And sometimes even if it's good, it's not good enough. That is absolutely true. That's, and that's, that's the biggest thing with, with my stories, especially is I, I I really, I enjoy transparency. I want people Mm -hmm. like, I, I just like to share because every, you know, all of the different people that I interact with on Instagram, like there are different things that you, you, I, the people like some things more than others. And, but I think at the end of the day, being very open and very honest about whatever you're doing is good because if somebody's you want to know that like not everything does end up perfect and things aren't always just this carefully curated um, group of pictures or things and processes. It's not it's not always perfect like that. So then when other people see that, they're like, especially for people that are just starting to get into it or are thinking about getting into it it makes them feel better to know like okay you've been doing this for a minute and you're still you're still you know you mess things up or you're not happy with it and it's just it's the the stories are definitely for me i think like a a, just a just a a a showing my identity more like connecting it's a connection thing like if that makes sense it's 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 the one thing it's the one thing i really wish like a lot of YouTubers, there are YouTubers that have stories. I mean, it's not, it's not a rare thing, right? But I feel like a lot of YouTubers just use their stories as a way to promote their YouTube videos right? rather than really taking advantage of what makes the story format so good. And it's that, I, you know, I'm lucky enough that I hang out with a bunch of maker friends and they kind of use the stories the same way. You know, it's it's the BTS stuff. I really do feel like that's what makes the stories great. You know, I wa- I've watched YouTube videos. Uh, a perfect example, Christy from Twisted Twine just did um, a YouTube video with a walnut and a walnut and leather bag. And it was, was absolutely fantastic. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. But I watched her make that on her Instagram stories. And I in on the Discord that we're both a member of, I watched her make that like months ago. <laughs> And it was so weird watching the YouTube videos like, oh, I know all the hell that went into making that. That's exactly <laughs> you know? right. And it's, I, I had, you know, and I love the YouTube video and I love Christy and I love watching it. And we actually made it video of the week, one of the videos of the week last week. But I had a whole other appreciation because I, I was able to 
go along with her on her process of making it. And I really do feel like, you know, you do it the right way. There are makers that do it the right way, but I really do feel like it's a, almost a missed opportunity for a lot of people to just, they're almost embarrassed to say, here's my process. This didn't work. Like they don't want to admit that something didn't work, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I'd, and it's and it's odd because you'd think that, because that's what's so nice about the stories. It is, it's you, there's the, there's the finished polished version of the YouTube video that you get. And, but then there's the like, who is this person? Cause sometimes you truly get invested in the person that's making it as well, like as well as the things that they're making. Cause it kind of ties together and you want to know all. And, and sometimes like, I love it when people, they mess up and they, they laugh about it and how they get around it or if they just, you know, if they give up, it's just, I, I think that more, more transparency in that could never be a bad thing. No, it's, and I, you know, we, we always talk about how on, you know, YouTube people tend to not see themselves as celebrities. And I feel like the ones who truly buy into that are the ones that are on their stories, just talking to the camera and having, you know, the ones that will, when you respond to their stories, they respond back. Like those are the ones that I feel like they really do mean that. Like it's yes. something that they take to heart. And it's like, if I, if you're responding to my stupid comment on your feed, then yeah, you really do believe that you're no better than me. And I really appreciate that. Absolutely. I, I 100% agree with you. And there's, I, I, I think that's, you know, that's the thing that everybody should want to want to do more of it to just to understand that connecting your craft with community is important. Is there anyone, I mean, you, you do such a wide variety of things. This is probably the dumbest possible question I can ask you, which is of course why I'm going to ask it, but is there anyone in the community you particularly look toward as either the person who motivates you to be better or the person who does work that you, I, I won't say emulate because that's almost insulting to someone who believes they're an artist. And I don't like to asking people who they want to emulate, but there is a certain amount of you that goes, I wish I could do work like blank. Who's that person for you? Cause we all have that person who's, I'm just wondering who that person is for you. Oh, that's a, that's a tricky question. Cause I've got like, I've got so many answers. Cause like, obviously like, I know you have a scroll in your pocket right now that <laughs> you're just going to unroll and just <laughs> randomly pick someone. <laughs> so, you know, so obviously Emily, like, but we've seen, we've already talked about it. So I'm like, uh, there's all these people and I, and I absolutely adore how, like how, how Laura reuses and repurposes things to make stuff and that creative energy that goes into that. I, I really truly admire that, but I, I've got to say like, it's in my mind, especially as my video styles are changing, like Bobby Duke is a huge influence. Um, Cause he's one of those people that you just have no idea what he's going to make. He's, he doesn't have a niche and I admire that. So he's like, he, he's just 100% comfortable being himself and Sometimes you're going to get something that's totally off the wall and strange. And then the next thing you know, you turn around and he's delivering you this most amazing work of art. And so I'd say he's somebody to admire. One day he's dropping a sculpture on the ground. The next day he's making crystal resin wings. You just never know what you're going to get with Bobby exactly. Duke. <laughs> exactly. And it's an adventure the whole way there too. Mm-hmm. I, I loved pre-COVID when he was when he had the running gag at the gas station 
It was just the greatest thing. I couldn't every time I laughed every single time. Like it was the first time I saw the joke. And I guess that's a sign. That's a sign of somebody who's really good at conveying, you know, an idea when you see the same joke over and over again, and it makes you laugh every time you see it. Like, yep, that's, that's someone who really got a knack for this. And that's the thing. It's art within art. It's amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and the ridiculous, what's great is, there's so much ridiculousness to what he does. Like it's utterly, a lot of it is just flat out silly. It is. And then there's this, this, this nugget of just pure artistic beauty in every damn video. And it's like, I don't know how you manage to do that every single time. Cause I don't know that Bobby's ever had a video where I went, that nah, wasn't that great. Like, I don't think he's ever had one where I wasn't impressed. And he, I don't think he's ever had one where I was able to click away. Like, cause sometimes you'll be watching something and, sometimes you lose your attention span and i as we know i have a very short attention span and yet i can't quit (laughs) because you really never know what's coming next and you're just constantly caught off guard and so that that is that's that itself is a craft and and to be able i i would love to know i would love to just look at his studio page for like five minutes i'd love to know what his retention rate is it's probably near a hundred i can't imagine turning on one of his videos and then going, eh, it's five minutes left. I got it. You know, I, right. like, I, don't, I just don't see that happening. Exactly. But let's, um, let's go on to our video of the week. Cause that's usually what we do first. And that'll, well, I'm not going to talk about why we need to go some people a little more time. No, I'm kidding. Um, but <laughs> did you just put me on the blast? video of the week? <laughs> Well, I mean, to, to our our audience, which believe me is not blessed by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> your audience is probably bigger. Um, we had we this week for video of the week. I, I I'm kind of bummed that I didn't get to pick it with that I didn't get to pick it with Ethan because every week we have a running streak of picking the same video. It's almost uncanny. And we both follow, I mean, I follow 350 people. He follows probably twice that. And we, I have a feeling this week, though, I'm going to try to read Ethan's mind, Ethan's mind, reading Ethan's mind, because um, we didn't get to talk about this before we rec- almost recorded last night. Bourbon Moth Woodworking, Jason, did a mid-century coffee table. And it isn't just a coffee table. I know everybody's hearing this laughing because there's a running joke that coffee tables are my favorite cliche for woodworkers. But he wanted to model it after the lounge chairs that you found at pool clubs in the 80s. So he he basically constructed a set of legs and a base out of walnut that he milled and shaped and routed. All None of this with a machine, by the way, he did this all with a router. And some of it without even a templating bit because he didn't have a templating bit. It's just ridiculous. The whole damn thing is ridiculous, but he ended up with, and I'm going to explain why this is so amazing in a second, but he ended up with legs that looked like brown tubing and then used brass rod to make it look like the tabletop was floating. Now, why is this so impressive? Because when Ashley and I were talking before the podcast, I said, the most amazing thing about the table is that those legs are wood. And your answer was? <laughs> I thought those were metal. I really did. It's, it's unbelievable. It, it's such a beautiful design. It's it's a great video because Jason only makes great videos. He's hysterical. And it's 
a fantastic video. There's really not a whole lot more to say about it. I mean, on its artistic merits, it's an unbelievable piece. On its video merits, it's a fantastic video. And this is, he's one of those guys, like this video, by the way, is 25 minutes long. And at the end you go, it's over, you know? <laughs> That's when you know you've achieved something. Yeah, because I'll be honest with you, not a lot of 25-minute videos get a full watch from me. But I know some people, they do. Like Bobby, we were just talking about Bobby Duke. I almost wish his videos were longer most times. Like, that's it? Like, I hate when he goes, we're going to finish this in the next video. No! Exactly. not going to finish it. Don't wait. No, I can't wait another video. Are you crazy? <laughs> he's he's binge-worthy. He is. That's how... So I tuned into him a couple of years ago. I watched one video. I'm like, I, no. I just I literally just went, no. Right? A couple of, I would say about a year ago, I went, I saw a video. YouTube suggested one of his videos. I'm like, oh, I remember this guy. I put on the video and I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I had missed like a year's worth of his videos. I'm like, all right, let me watch another one. By the end of the day, I had watched every one of his videos like i literally sat there all day watching bobby duke videos and i feel like that's i look i don't care who you are people are gonna get tired of you <laughs> it's like it's true hours and, and when you're one person talking to camera for hours and i'm not tired of you that's an achievement Here's the <laughs> that's question. one of those achievements once you were done with yeah. the binge how many were you able to return to just saying regular the regular word would just the regular no. word would it's like after you watched it for so long you eventually start going wooed i actually typed out wooed three times today <laughs> to somebody like it was just like in random in different conversations i actually told someone today oh yeah i'm i actually have no wooed left in my shop and I'm like, they have no idea what I'm typing. They just think I'm an idiot right now. <laughs> Even better when you're out somewhere and you see something that you want and you go, I want that. And then somebody oh, looks yeah. at you funny and they're like, what? And you're like, oh, you don't get it. I, that, there's so many weird inside jokes in, in our community where when you apply them outside of our community, it's, it's just like, yeah, they just fall completely, <laughs> completely, completely flat. I think the the one thing that really makes me happy, I was at I was at Michael's once and I was walking through the aisles and I have one of my Duresta shirts on and the guy pointed at me and said, I like him too, man. Cool. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Okay. It's the most it's, it's somehow like the most exciting moment where you just you, you have that you have that stepbrothers moment where you're like, did we just become best friends? <laughs> I think we're best friends. I legit think we're best friends. You want to come over? I have a shop. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I have tools. <laughs> I have tools and you're clearly local. Do you want to come over? Yes or no? Yes or no? And you have to tell me now. <laughs> we, we, we can't let this go on. You have to tell me now. Uh, all right, Ashley. I've given you time. All right. But I'm going to give my thing of the week. You're going to get a little bit longer. Okay? Okay. It's a hair longer. Okay. My thing of the week, it might be a little bit short, but it was truly a mind bender. Um, if you have Amazon Prime, um, you get Amazon Prime Video. And if you get Amazon Prime Video, you absolutely positively have to watch Utopia. What an absolute mind F of a show it is. It is. I was recommended this show by Al at New York Woodworks. He goes, have you watched that show Utopia? I'm like, no. He goes, 
dude, you need to watch Utopia. So we were sitting around. There was nothing else that we hadn't already watched because we tend to like Fridays and Saturdays are like binge watch nights. So like, all right, fine. Let's watch Utopia. We watched like four episodes the first night and I was like instant hooked. It is absolutely fantastic. Essentially, the story is um, it actually feels unusual. It's so timely, by the way. (laughs) They actually put a disclaimer at the beginning that it's the story about a pandemic and it's not meant to reflect actual events, which is kind of (laughs) creepy because this was made long before COVID was a thing. It's it's absolutely fantastic. I I mean the story is so involved. I probably couldn't summarize it in the amount of time we have left for the show. But suffice it to say, if you like a good um, actiony, it's a little bit on the gory and brutal side. Not going to lie, it's not. For, it's probably not so much for kids, but it's just a fantastic show that's going to definitely keep you entertained. And again, screws with your mind again and again. The plot takes a bunch of crazy turns, and it ends. I won't say satisfyingly, but it ends with not as much of a cliffhanger as a, whoa, that second season is going to be good. So the show is Utopia. It's on Amazon Prime. You can watch it for free if you have um, Prime. And I promise you, you're going to love it. It's really, really good. All right, Ashley. Okay. You're up. All right. So I've been been recently really obsessed with the – with Kintsugi. I have had a friend <gasps> oh, tell me about it. I, and I love you. I absolutely love you. This is why I love you. <laughs> you and I, so in sync. So in sync. I love Kintsugi. See, I'm so glad that I picked that. That's because I've been, I've been really, and I've been like, a bit, I've taken it way farther than just, you know, just this beautiful Japanese pottery that's, that was broken and put back together with, you know, gold or brass or whatever you choose. And so like, these are the kinds of things that this is why I do such miscellaneous work is because something inspires me and I have never in my life done pottery. I have no, I, I, I to be honest, I don't really have any interest because I don't want to recreate the same things that I've been seeing, but it inspired me because I love the idea that something that is broken can be put back together and made more beautiful and why i i a lot of things can be broken so that that to so be looking forward to that that's uh something that i'm going to be working on and i'd actually like to maybe try and make it a uh, like multiple pieces for a whole um i won't say gallery but like a a whole project like this whole exhibition of kintsugi and the different interpretations of it because i also like to think of it as like uh people because sometimes you can be broken be it physically you've had an accident or emotionally and at the end of the day we always put our pieces back together and usually after being broken and you when you do come and put your pieces back together you're you're better than you were before so Kintsugi has been big on my head lately. I love it. There's actually a, a documentary of it, about it on Netflix, I do believe. And it's just something fascinating to look up and, and explore. And so I'm excited to get to get doing to get to working on this, this my my interpretation of it. I am absolutely blown away because this is one of those things that it's just 
I love it. It's just so cool, but it's also such a niche thing. And the other day I was watching, I mentioned um, on the podcast once I mentioned a, a YouTube channel called Jessima Tutorials and her name is Samantha. She's from South Africa. She's living in Australia now and she does um, polymer clay videos. And recently, and you would probably really dig this. I should find the link and send it over to you. But she did a video where she made these earrings out of polymer clay. She baked them just enough so that they would crack. And then she cracked them and did a a faux kintsugi technique on it to put them back together. And it was so cool. I was just riveted to the tv watching her do it so i'll actually i'll send you the link afterwards i think you would totally dig it also her work is absolutely stunning but this is if you're into kintsugi just seeing like a faux kintsugi technique it's kind of neat yes absolutely i because I, I think that's what's that's what's cool about it, is i i'm actually i'm interested in kintsugi but i'm super interested in the faux kintsugi like I, because i love to see where people's brains go and the ways that you can get creative because whenever you see somebody do something that's totally different and you're just, you're just blown away and you're like, how did your brain even think to go there? You're just astounding. And this work is astounding. And I almost, I almost feel like that's the, the maker mindset, right? That you're not, you're not necessarily trying to imitate somebody's work. You're trying to go, all right, I can do something with that. You know, you can, you can look at somebody's stuff and go, that's really cool, but I don't necessarily want to make that, but I kind of want to employ a similar technique to what you did. Like, I like the technique. And I think that's why a lot of us watch so many videos. Like I'm not watching necessarily because if I watch Chris Salamone make media console number 741, it's not because I want to watch Chris Salamone make another media, media console. It's because he does amazing woodwork. And there's some nugget in that video where I'm going to go, that's genius. Yes. I need to start doing that. You know, and that's, that's what I always feel like I'm looking for. I'm always looking for the nuggets, the nu- more so than the videos. I'll watch a 20 minute video. I'll get the one thing that one little three second clip where I go, wait, what did he just do? Back, 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 back. Whoa. Okay, cool. This video was totally worth my time. <laughs> that's in C. And I think that actually so, so tidily brings us almost full circle back to what we were talking about in the beginning. Those people who want to hold in their secrets and hold in their te- techniques and not share what they don't understand is like, that's how they're falling out of favor with makers is because we are looking to each other. We, we admire one another's work, of course, but they're the inspiration that these people impart and, and, and fill us with. That's why that's what we get drawn to. And if you're holding in all your secrets, we are not exactly inspiring people, but imagine if you, you know, if you, if you want the, if you want a legacy, what better legacy than to say, less it's less i feel like it's less of a legacy to say look at this one thing that i created and more of a legacy to say look at all of these things i inspired look at all the people that got off the couch because i showed them something they might be interested in doing exactly you know like <laughs> that's that's kind of my story and that's that's one of the one of the privileges i had doing this podcast was being able to tell bob claggett thank you for getting me off my couch. Yeah. 
because it really was, I mean, obviously Bob Claggett didn't come to my house and pick me up off the couch. I mean, that would have been fun, I'm sure, but he didn't do it, you know, but he did get me to go. I like, he's not just doing woodwork or this, he's doing a bunch of stuff and I'm inspired to just do something, you know, yes. do something, whatever it is, just something. <laughs> and that's it. That is, and that's what, that's what, that's what brings us here. You know, you've got you got for me it was and it's amazing where it will take you from there because if it hadn't been for stumbling across you know chris's video if it hadn't been for stumbling then finding jimmy deresta and then finding laura i would have never went to that event because i wouldn't have known about those people and if i hadn't went to that event i wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation with you right now so it's and, amazing. And what a tragedy that would be. Right. Exactly. <laughs> if we didn't know each other, the world would not be moving forward the same. It really, it really just wouldn't be. It wouldn't be the same. It absolutely would not be the same. Um, I just want to get some um, housekeeping out of the way. Last week, we talked about a giveaway by Vortex Tools. Um, that giveaway is still going on. So here's what you have to do to enter the giveaway. On New York Woodworks, that's NY Woodworks, W-O-O-D-W-O-R-X, on Instagram, he has a photo on his stream. In the photo, it's a picture of a chip load chart and a bunch of bits from Vortex Tools. You have to comment on that post and like that post. You have to be following Al at New York Woodworks. You have to be following Ethan, and you have to be following me. All you have to do is comment. Don't say you're there for the giveaway because we want to keep it to people that heard about it on the podcast. But Friday night, so two days from today as this drops, 6 p.m., Al and I are going to do a live stream on Instagram, and we're going to do the actual draw to see who wins. And these, we're talking three, $400 worth of CNC bits. This is not, these aren't like cheap garbage from Amazon. This is high quality, well-made, American-made by a mom-and-pop company in Wisconsin type stuff. So... Definitely, you're going to want if you if you have a CNC, um, or if you know someone that has a CNC and you want to give them a real nice gift, this is what you want to do. So get in on the giveaway. We're going to reveal the winner on Friday, and then we're going to send Al's going to send out the bits and a New York Woodwork sticker, and then Ethan is going to send out um, stickers from us. So you're going to want to get in on that. Don't want to miss it. Ashley, we finally did it. <laughs> we did do it. We finally got to talk. We 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 got to talk. We got to and we and we had some excellent conversations. We had some major revelations. You've opened my eyes to things and ah, uh, this is it's been so this has been great and productive and oh, wonderful. We have I have this crazy feeling. I have this crazy feeling this isn't the last time you're going to be on this podcast. <laughs> See, that's right. You can't get rid of me now. Now it's it's just keep coming back. Listen, the last thing in the world that I want to do is get rid of you. <laughs> Believe me. Um, it's just been, you know, when, when we had Jason Stapleton on way back on episode 19, he referred to he and I as like one of these um, – 2019 friendships which basically means you have you have a nice bond with people and you're friends with people that you've never actually met in person and who knows if maker camp ever happens again i don't know if you know this but maker camp is literally an hour and a half from me north so i will be at i was going to be at this year's but obviously it didn't happen but i yeah, will be year, at is, the next maker camp this year ruined everything for everybody I, I, and you know quite frankly i hope that 
I hope that once once this all clears, that uh, hopefully I get to to see you before then in some other way. So like any other oh, yeah. events, we're, we're gonna I'll come video you. We're gonna. Yeah, we're going to we're going to we're going to figure we're going to figure something out, Ashley. We are going to figure something out. But I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for dropping by. Thank you so much for I mean, thank you so much for put giving me two nights of your week. <laughs> thank you. Your poor 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 internet connection. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> no, but I and I appreciate your patience with me and and for having me on and and this fantastic conversation. I, I see. I already feel inspired now. I'm all excited and just woohoo! Time to time to get down to the shop. You gotta, you got you got some time before you annoy the neighbors. That's exactly right. <laughs> but that's going to do it for this week, everybody. Um, I will have all of Ashley's links in our show notes so you can find her. And I highly, highly recommend you go follow her YouTube channel. Follow her on Instagram. She is one of the most entertaining people. She's a good friend, and I'm. It's so ridiculous that I like you this much and we've just now gotten to talk for the first time, but it's awesome that I finally, I feel like, ah, I feel like I finally cracked that ice. (laughs) So thanks again. And thank you to everyone for listening. Um, We do have um, a review, but I'm not, I don't, we don't read reviews when we have guests because that would be self-serving and vain. And well, I mean, we are those things, but we don't want to show it off too much, but Thank you, everybody. We will be back next week. And don't forget, go get in on that giveaway. You're not going to want to miss it. You really don't want to. I know I keep saying you're not going to want to miss it, but don't miss it. It's, It's easy. Just go do it. Okay. See you next week, everybody.